0: Hey everybody, I'm Nicole. And I'm Eileen. And we're not just talking about the Ford F-150 Lightning. We are sitting in this very moment a Ford F-150 Lightning. We are we're in the 2022 Ford
1: F-150 Lightning Platinum right now. This is a special micro episode just to tell you about the Lightning. Um, we were so excited we want to push it out as a kind of a special feature. For, yeah. For all of our great listeners out there. A little there. mini episode. little mini episode. Yeah. So we are sitting in Comfort, Texas right now in some comfort right? I mean yeah. this is the highest trim level truck they have. It is. And it is um you know it it's the F one hundred and fifty Lightning. It's their all electric version of America's best selling F series truck, mm-hmm. best selling truck for over forty five years. And Ford went ahead and made it all electric. And but they, it's not just
0: the F one hundred and fifty that's now electric. They started from the ground up. Yeah, they started. So it's not just that they they said, okay, we're just going to put an electric powertrain in here, and we're going to say, forget it. That's the only difference. They they changed things around. Like one of the big things I talked about a lot was that they changed the. Am I going to get right? Mega power. Frunk? The Mega Power frog I th- think I'm saying that right, but I feel like it should be like a Power Rangers thing. Whoa, 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 should come after you say it. Yes, it should be like a Marvel comic series where the, the trunk opens and a superhero comes out. Ka-pow! But instead, it can fit like
1: two full things of golf uh, golf clubs, yes. bags of golf clubs, not things of golf clubs, things, but things. Bags. Um, you can fit all sorts of stuff. They showed us so much camping gear. And it is secure,
0: locked storage. So you can put the stuff that you want to bring with you and you want to keep it secure and you don't want anyone to be able to just grab it. And it's, I mean, when you think about the, think just even if numbers don't matter, like if you look at the size of an F-150, now imagine when you open that gigantic hood, underneath that's this huge storage space. It's immense. It's- it, is, it is immense.
1: Like So I like it because if you're a worker and you're on the job site and you've got your tools, you don't wanna keep your tools in your truck, especially if you're trave- traveling and you're like in a hotel for the night for your work site, or you're you're maybe going to leave the work site and hop in another buddy's truck and go to lunch, but you can lock your tools in that mega power front and your car becomes less susceptible to crime. And I think that's a huge deal because tools are expensive. Yeah. And worksite crime is an issue all across the U.S. And so it's, to me, that's a really easy solution. Plus, you can make it into a cooler. So if you're on the job site, you want to throw, you know, some ice in there and have some water for people, or you're at a tailgate and you want to throw some beer in there. Like, it's as, as long really as you're not the one driving. As long as you're not the one driving. It's a very versatile space. Yes. It's it's a home run. Home run. But it's also a home run in the Hummer EV, right? Like, we liked it there, too. Right. We like the direction of the frunks when they are truly
0: versatile and capable because sometimes like in smaller vehicles and i guess this is an advantage to buying an electric truck versus an electric crossover sedan. in some vehicles it's like this almost like oh yeah we gave you one cubic Foot of that cargo th- space and I'm like well that doesn't okay here's my wallet like what do you put in there but this is expansive enough that it's it really serves as an additional space that's the way the hyundai ioniq is it's like 0.87 cubic feet of space
1: it's just enough to throw your cord in there and nothing else that's this it. is legit like this is legit. Like you can they, they say you put everything in the frunk that you would normally have in the bed, and then you've got all the beds still. Yeah. And speaking of the bed, the bed is basically straight out of the F-150. Mm-hmm. And so what they it, it's a re-engineered truck, it's from the ground up brand new. But what they've done is made the bed completely just just I would say simpatico with <laughs> with the traditional gas-powered F-150. Right. So you get into it. You've got the options of your drop-in bed liner, your spray-in bed liner, or your bare-naked aluminum. And then you also have, you know, the the same accessories on regular F-150 transfer over to Lightning. Which so if you've already got the box, you've already got the roof rails, you've got all that. The rack, it just goes right in, which, which
0: is phenomenal insight. It's a insight. huge big deal that they didn't say, okay, well, we're going to make this just different enough that you need to go out and buy. Every accessory that you love, you got to go buy it again. No, if you have accessories you like on your ice F 150, then bring them on over to this one and they're going to work, which is a nice thing. Like, because it's, it's, it, it keeps it from being a money grab. It's like they want you to be able to easily get into this. Even the pricing on this, they priced it low enough so that it's not. Like, they know that it's a low starting price, but it actually makes it something that you can afford. It's not like the only version of this you can get is $85,000, $110,000. This is a truck that you can buy without having to be Midas. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's attainable for the average customer. And so we are sitting in a Platinum now, which I think is like $95,000. It starts like 90 and change, and ours has some goodies. So we're probably in a $95,000 truck right now. But then we yesterday, or no, I'm sorry, not yesterday. Earlier this morning, it seems like it was yesterday, we <laughs> drove
1: uh, the F-150 Lightning Pro, which was the base model, like yes. pretty much bare minimum. You can get that um, if you order it new. It's under $40,000. I think it's right at like $39,995, yep. that marketing, so they can say it's under forty. dollars um, Fantastic, fantastic vehicle.
0: That, for that. Pr- not just for that price, fantastic vehicle for a $50,000 truck. Right, so they put us in these trucks, and they, we took a drive. Yesterday, we got to drive on road, Then today, we took some of them on-road to an off-road site. So the point of today was off-road driving. So we kind of just like hopped in whichever one we got. We were leaving the hotel this morning we were like, well, this one's really nice. Which trim level is this? And it's like, oh my gosh, this is actually the base trim. Even things like the dashboard had this neat material on it. It looked, way more than what you would expect in a base level truck. The seats were more comfortable than what you'd expect in a base level truck. So you don't get that sense that you sometimes do is if you got the base trim that, oh gosh, I really sacrificed everything to get myself into this to get the things I needed I had to give up all the things I wanted and it really didn't feel that way no it didn't and I actually like the dashboard outfitting in that pro base Mm -hmm. model better than the platinum we're in right now honestly was sitting here like this has some leather like a leather edge I almost want to say that runs along the dashboard but then it's this plasticky kind of thing that's not as where the other one it's one finished There's not leather but it looks nice all the way across that so I I really liked how it looked yeah and this this
1: platinum I mean you're paying double the price of the pro we had this morning Mm -hmm. more than double the price and I didn't think it was quite as nice as like a Ram 1500. Like it's, yeah. it's not as plush. I yeah. mean, you do take away some weight. So you're trying to, you know, you're not going to have the heavy leathers. You're not going to have some of the rich appointments and things like that, but it doesn't, it's not as, it's not as nice. Right. But that's, that that's a
0: sacrifice you get for trying to get better fuel economy. Right. And you know, and it, the, one of the things that I like about this, I feel like Ford didn't, like, they wanted people to be able to get an electric vehicle. They didn't want it to be, okay, you can only get this if you're rich. You can only get this under these circumstances. We're going to build this amazing thing that only a small number. Like, no, we want everyone to be able to use this. We want our average, every F-150 customer we have now, we want them to be able to use the new electric version of it. Not like, well, I got to plan this one out because it's outrageous. I just, the package, the overall presentation of this and the angle that they took with this is really good. It
1: is really good and I do like too that you'll be able to tell the difference between this and the regular F-150 on the road. Mm -hmm. Some of that is that signature lighting that's kind of like a U shape like a long rectangular U across the
0: top which is really cool. It looks really cool at night. It looks good during the day. Yeah it stands out if you haven't seen it the first time you see one of these coming at you you know on the road you're going to look and go that looks different you'll know it the minute you see it because it is such a different look to it. Uh, It does look we saw it at night. It looks fantastic. night like lit up at night the thing looks really slick it looks really good and so nestled inside of
1: that is the grill which because you don't need the airflow to the engine the grill is like a hard plastic I'm sure there's probably some sort of special name for it yes but it is it is plastic right Mm -hmm. um in some form or another and there's some that are light that are like a light almost a silver metallic there's some that are dark um I prefer the dark better I think it looks more natural um and, and I think it just it shows off the Ford logo better I think it's just an overall better look but they come with one or the other
0: and I like that they have had, like the details that make it lightning on the outside. Like there's there's an American flag on the back. It has like a little lightning bolt that's kind of yes. built into the little badge on the back. Um, they had a neat little Easter egg inside. I'm not gonna tell you what it is. I'm gonna make y'all go find an F-150 Lightning and pop open the charging port and look on the inside of the door. But which charging char- port do they open? Because there's one on yeah. each side. Is there not? So it might be possible that I tried to open a charging port that's not a charging port and I pushed on it and pushed. I'm like, why is this? Why is this not opening and I, yeah, so I, yeah. But why are there two doors? Why do they look identical but only one of them opens? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I also, but I, you know, I'm proud of myself that I didn't just yank on it and cause five bazillion dollars worth of damage to the side of an F-150 when that wasn't. Like, oh, that's not a door. That is not unprecedented
1: for us. (laughs) It looks
0: like one, people. Ford thanks you. Ford
1: thanks you. So let's, okay, so we're inside this Platinum and we talk about the finishes, the leather and the seats. I don't find these seats very comfortable. I'm okay. going to be honest. This is
0: the weirdest thing. So normally you get higher in a trim and you think, oh, seats got cushier. Oh, they got more supportive. Oh, they, they're nicer to ride in. Oh, I'd like to take a road trip in this one. I think mean, I sat down in the fancy and I'm like, can we have our pro back,
1: please? Like, yeah, like, no. No, These the, the $90,000 seats are nothing compared to the $30,000 seats. We are also just in an XLT version of the of the F-150 Lightning right.
0: we did some off-roading in it and those are cloth seats which were actually lovely still really and super comfy yeah we're bouncing like the off-road course they did for us was a decent little off-road course you know there was some there was some rock there were a few spots we needed to spot us a little bit and there was some mud that Eileen splashed through with I like a good mud abandon. puddle yeah I like a good mud puddle so uh, but we're so we're on the cloth seat in that trim and it's we're, we're on really rough road surfaces we're bouncing around you mm-hmm. know and it still was really comfortable these have okay so so there's this weird wing thing behind your shoulders. You are literally bottom. grabbing
1: it. Like, like you're it's, like, it's like a jetpack behind you, but it looks
0: like a maxi pad. It's weird. It's like, it has wings. That's all I can think of. I it's don't, like a
1: maxi pad combined
0: with an airline tray. I don't like it's it. It's very odd. Mm-mm. I don't care for it. No, I just want the cheap seats. I'll take everything else in this trim level. Well, maybe yeah. I won't. Cause I want this, the, the cheap dashboard and I want the cheap seats. Yes. I need to, <laughs> I
1: need a, I need to build your own I need sort a of. Custom a custom F-150 Lightning. Yeah. But yeah, the, the seats <laughs> are just, just, it's awkward. It's awkward. Right. And they're hard. Like it feels a little bit like I'm sitting on a high school sports bench it, watching it, a game and I just, I don't, ca- I, in my old age, you know, I, I, I don't care for that. <laughs> I have my 18 year old bottom is not the same as my near 40 year old bottom. It's just, it doesn't work for me. So, we also have in front of us, so that because it's a platinum, it
0: has the giant infotainment touchscreen at the center. And Nicole does not like it. Why don't you like it? Okay, because this is really beautiful touchscreen and it looks fantastic, and yada yada of the future. But then the control dial that it's it's like a black metal ring with silver on the outside it's in the bottom and it's like centered and the middle of it though you can see the digital volume button so it's like this black thing it makes me think of the little puck thing you use to move a puck on an air hockey table like i should be able to just slide this around it screen. does look like
1: it should be magnetic like on your fridge yeah. you can move
0: magnets but it, it is adhered to it there It doesn't move it's like it's super glued on there it's a little weird looking to me i don't know why that's like the detail, it's this beautiful sleek screen thwack right on the bottom. it I don't care for it, it is a little awkward. Mm-hmm. The other thing I don't like is if you are looking at
1: like your radio, or you and I were adjusting our settings on our seats trying to get these seats to be more comfortable, and every time you did that, the navigation left. And to get back to the navigation, it's more than just, you know, look at, it doesn't fade to the navigation. Well, that you have to exit out or you have to go into the navigation screen. It's
0: more than one touch,
1: which I do not enjoy. Well, and
0: that was the thing, because a lot of times you'll get something that'll pop up because you've done something else in the car, like the seats or the temperature or whatever. But after a certain, what seems like a reasonable amount of time, I don't know if it's five seconds, six yeah, seconds, yeah. whatever, it fades. It like, okay, you are clearly no longer adjusting that. Let me make that go away and bring you back to your nav or whatever you had on the screen. This one, we stared at it for us. It's not getting rid of that. Now I need to make a turn. Get rid of it. Yeah. Exit you know. so, out. And then how do
1: we get back to the navigation? Like, yeah. if you don't know how to get back to the navigation, which, I mean, if it's your truck, you're going to know how. Of so, it becomes easier. But you and I have used this screen. It's the same one that's in the Ford Mustang Mach-E. But it should be easier to do, and it's just not as easy to do. Yeah. It's just not as intuitive as I feel like it should be maybe. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. It seems like it should be an easy fix, but it seems like it also just isn't. Yeah. Like they just, they aren't changing it and that's okay. The screen is perfectly responsive. Like it's clear graphics. It's responsive. So it's like nine out of the 10 things you want out of a screen, Mm -hmm. but just like for
0: some little things, I just don't care for it. But I guess the good thing about that is if we're nitpicking something that nitpicky that tells you how good it is overall it's not absolutely like, you know when you get down to that kind of level this tiny little detail of that tiny little detail overall they've done it well with it right know?
1: and then we were in the pro which you know with the nice seats and the good dashboard mm-hmm. and they have a smaller screen they have one that's like eight and a half
0: nine inches something I, like that yeah it's still fairly large yeah, yeah but it's not it's definitely it but instead of being oh gosh vertically portrait, oriented it's <laughs> landscape i had to think yeah sort of portrait like this big one it's landscape And it's, it is the thing I like about that is so we talk about going back and
1: forth between menus that has nested menu options on the bottom, kind of like all those horizontally oriented screens that we're used to. Yeah. And so it's less touches to get back to things. It kind of is easier. It makes more sense. So, you know, like while the big screen's pretty, I
0: do kind of like the smaller screen better. Isn't this weird? So what we're looking at here is a $90,000 truck that we're sitting in, and then the $40,000 truck, give or take on both of them options. And what we're saying is we like the cheap truck. We like the cheap truck. The other thing the cheap truck didn't do was skimp on power.
1: No. So we've been driving the dual motor extended range versions of all these trucks, Mm -hmm. and I don't feel like there's a power compromise between the two. I mean, range-wise, there's going to be a compromise, but... I mean, for the pro, I mean, getting up here, we, we lickety splitted it up here, I'll say that. I'm like, I was driving, so I can say that. We got up here in quite the quite the jiffy. Yeah. On it, these lovely
0: Texas street highways. Exactly. So driving the pro, I mean, it, it, and it, it was funny when I first got in, it was very heavy traffic. We ended up on the highway yesterday in the thick of rush hour traffic in San Antonio, which was super fun times. Uh, but trying to merge into traffic and not knowing where you're going, so you have to really, you know, accelerate hard and get. And I accelerated really hard and had that moment of like, oh, not that hard. Whoa. Like, you literally, you're literally <laughs> and you go, oh, like, oh, we're going. Yeah. But like, we've been in other electric vehicles.
1: We've been in other electric trucks. You get a similar thing. Um, this doesn't have quite the yaw that you get, like in a Mustang Mach-E GT. Yeah. It's, it's a more balanced, more measured. Um, and the other thing I really like is, so you get that strong acceleration because you've got that instant torque yeah. of this vehicle. But because of where the battery is located, which is kind of in the exact center of the vehicle, in line with the floor, it's really even. It's almost a 50-50 weight distribution. So in a traditional internal combustion engine truck, the bed is kind of just loosey-goosey kind of sitting out there. And you always worry about having the bed pull out if you're going to be on rough gravel. This truck, because of the weight of the battery, is very much more planted on the road, but it's not heavy on the road. And that's a really careful balance that automakers are really having to do. And I think that Ford did a really excellent job with that. I mean, yesterday we drove over rural roads. We went through...
0: What we were calling we, the, Oh, I'm going to say it was this little section of road. And first, you drove by this weird picture somebody had put up. And it was like a Viking helmet. And I'm going to say Odin's eyes staring at you, which wasn't disconcerting enough. And then we drove through this place that felt like there was like a miasma of evil. It was <laughs> like, I, I was like, this is where Casper's friendly ghosts, before they become friendly,
1: this is where they hung out. It was like creepy. It was creepy. And it was daylight. And it was creepy. It was really creepy. And I, it was like, I, it was not like how fast can we go because there were cops everywhere Mm -hmm. in this little stretch of road but I was just like oh no oh no this is this is where we die there were cops everywhere because my asthma of evil it was it was not good like I think I could have seen like (laughs) shotguns poking out of like windows and not to stereotype Texas because there are parts of Texas like where we are now Gorgeous and oh. wonderful, and I love ranch land and I, I love, love Texas. roads Yeah. But this particular, I'm going to call it a hauler because it was like the <laughs> Kentucky version of a hauler in Texas. It was like it was creepy people. No, thank you. I never need to return to that. Yeah. I'm sure they're lovely people. I'm in sure. In this very small town. people. Yeah. I'm sure they're but lovely people. But it's not people. exactly what uh, what I want to be doing. This I will take an alternate route next time. Yes. It's literally like it was like the trees could talk at nighttime. Like it's like they would look at you, and the fog would never quite lift in the morning. It was definitely that
0: heebie-jeebies thing like we mm -hmm. should not be here no human should live here everybody leave (laughs) yeah it was it was
1: not it was not where I would go in repeat but I do like San Antonio I love the hotel we're staying at we're staying at the Thompson Hotel which we've stayed at before yes Um, really enjoy it I like San Antonio as a city um, especially when you're not like entrenched in the tourist heavy river walk area because like
0: the river and the thing is we I stayed here went just came to visit for a weekend last year and the river walk there's a section of it that is like crazy like you know just crazy touristy kind of thing if you want to go see it. (laughs) It's very descriptive, Nicole. (laughs) But then if you go really far in either direction, it's actually quite nice. And there's like random little restaurants and little places you can stop. And it's really a nice place to walk along. I like this. I like the city. And the Alamo. We saw the Alamo. We saw one... One tiny little minuscule piece of the Alamo from dinner last night. We're like, look, there it is. We remember you. <laughs>
1: we remember you. We're up on the twentieth floor, which has a beautiful balcony. Mm-hmm. You can, if you if you stand and look straight down from the glass, you can see the River Walk. Um, but it's beautiful up there. It's just nice and quiet. You can yeah. see the whole city. Um, I do like that a lot. Now we usually stay at the Pearl. Which we were kind of in the Pearl District before. Which I like the Pearl for different reasons. Like the Thompson's very sleek and modern yeah, I and mid-century I love beautiful. There. But the Pearl is just different, right? Yeah. It hits different. It's an old factory, but it's modern and luxury yeah. and it's gorgeous. The Emma, wait, Emma, the Emma, the Emma? Emma. The Emma. The Emma. The the Emma, the Pearl at the Brewing Pearl District. Or yeah, the it's Emma like at the Pearl. The Pearl
0: Brewing District, the Emma. It's one of those like the Emma at the Pearl in San Antonio. It's got like a ten name yes. name. Yes. Yeah.
1: But it's I love that hotel for different reasons. But the Thompson and the Emma at the Pearl. Yes. Or whatever it's actually technically called is uh, fantastic as well. But we are, uh, we're excited. So we just got done off-roading, right? Yeah. So as we wrap up here, we'll tell you a little bit about our off-roading experience real quick. We did, Nicole did the uphill portion of
0: it. I did. Which, tell us about the uphill portion. So we had an uphill section that we had to go up the road. And when we went up, we had, um, there were some sections where they had a few spotters because there's a little bit of loose gravel. So we did that little section. Some of it was a little tight. You know, you had some stuff where you went through some rocks that wanted to slip and it handles it fine it's perfectly fine there's no troubles with anything it's very competent um it was it was easy to drive it was exactly what you would expect from an f-150 it was perfectly fine yeah there it was, was exactly there was
1: no there was no learning curve there was no difference no
0: nope. i did the downhill portion
1: i went through the mud pit it was exactly as you'd want. The mud pit was really stinky. The mud pit was really stinky, but it was a good mud it pit. It was cool. She splooshed
0: <laughs> right through, and I think she splooshed so much, so when I rolled the window down to talk to the person who was doing video, I was like, oh, she splooshed up all the stink of that puddle. Oh, yeah. It's gross. <laughs> it was
1: absolutely disgusting. It was everything you want to have a mud pit. It was awesome. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it really, it's, its it performs exactly as expected. We've, You and I have driven, I think, every model of F-150 that's ever been made yeah. in this generation, and probably the last as well. And. It's exactly right on par. So I don't think there's a learning curve, which is kind of the whole getting people to adopt an electric vehicle. You have to make it very similar to what they're already used to. Mm -hmm. You can't have it be so out of out of spec. So I think that that the F-150 Lightning accomplishes that. Mm -hmm. My question is, Ford has hit the nail on the head here. Is the EV charging infrastructure where it needs to be to make this truck a success for its owners?
0: That's not just the sound of that first sip of morning joe. So like an interesting thing, as we were having dinner last night and I'm looking out over this beautiful view, there's a parking garage and on the top of the parking garage, I suddenly realized there's the fleet of vehicles that either we drove yesterday or what we were going to drive today. But they're all on top of this very empty parking garage where there are a whole bunch of charging stations that have clearly been set up to charge them all. Now I know this is an exception. You don't normally have this many electric vehicles in one spot at one time all needing to be charged up, but it kind of sort of demonstrates how the charging infrastructure is not there. It wasn't like they could find a spot where they could get a bunch of charging chargers and plug in they created a spot for all of this. So obviously you're not going to have you and, you know, 50 of your friends all trying to charge your F150 pickup trucks at the exact same moment in the exact same place. But There aren't chargers everywhere. It's better. I mean, by all means, you can get across the country and you don't need to charge on the go, really, most of the time. Correct. Because the range in these is more than what anybody's going to drive in a day. It really only, only, only comes into play if you have exceptional amounts of mileage that you're putting on a daily basis, which is a small number of people, or if you're doing a road trip. And those times you do need to plan and you can plan it. And there's tools to help you plan. and, And the F 150 has ways, you know, if you're towing or if you have a load in the bed, there's an, uh, like scales that are available that are like an onboard scales that can help calculate. Okay, because you have this extra weight, you're going to go through range this much more quickly and blah, blah, blah. And the charging infrastructure on
1: the infotainment screen is really easy to find a charger in this, in this truck and in Ford products in general. It's really easy. It's far easier than it is. I think in any other EV I've driven, it's very
0: intuitive. So, I mean, there's the tools are all there. So I guess, yeah, the charging infrastructure isn't quite there yet. Most of the time it's not going to matter when it does matter. There's, the tools in the system to make it as easy as it possibly can and to not have you freaking out about range anxiety. And I do think it's important. So you can actually get the wall unit with your, for a home
1: installation with your F-150 lightning and take that and they will walk you through how to do that, who to hire, you know, what that looks like. So you can charge relatively quickly at home. Now it's not going to be that like 20 minutes to hundred percent. It's not going to be that, but most people are going to charge at home. And if you're driving, you know, 200 miles a day without a load in your bag, Back, you're not gonna have a problem with it. Like this truck can do that, and it's not an issue. And you can charge at home, and you can be reasonably satisfied with what you get most of and the I time. Feel like
0: this is where we have to mention: you can charge at home, and you can charge your home.
1: Right. Yes. Yes. That is one of the huge benefits of the F-150 Lightning. Is you can actually power your house now. If it's it's a modern house and it's sealed up well for
0: up to ten days. Right. They, said. they say if you're kind of like like three days, it's got you. Like you can kind of have at it and and not be crazy, but use most of the stuff in your house. If you're being conservative because you're expecting a long outage for some reason, they say about 10 days. You That's can have, impressive. Right. So it will, instead of charging up your truck, your truck will charge up your house. And if you live someplace like... Think about places where you get storms and Texas, you know. where we are right now. Exactly the ice storms that Texas had uh, last year. Exactly, so you could power your house with your truck, or if you're someplace where the weather get like I live in the Northeast, there are snowstorms to take out the power. That stinks when it is roughly ten degrees out. Nope, you could power up your house and keep things toasty with your F one hundred and fifty, which is just phenomenal. And I
1: think one of the things that they talked about yesterday, when we were kind of going through that how to charge at home and what that really means, is. It's not just you know your refrigerator and your TV. It's your water heater. It's those things. to so Your pipes don't freeze. That causes even bigger damage. And that's the, it, it's like I said, it's not just those little things you think about. It's making sure that you don't have to replace your hardwood floors. You don't have you know that one of the guys was talking. His, his parents' garage collapsed because yeah. they had water coming in. You're keeping your house warm, so you don't have ice on the roof.
0: There's all those little things that you don't think about that it really has a big impact. So it's not just the idea of like okay, well I'm going to be able to keep my electric stove running and make myself a grilled cheese. No, you can keep just enough heat in your house so that all your pipes don't freeze and you don't cause thousands of dollars worth of damage at the end of a storm because your F-150 kept your house just toasty enough to keep things from freezing. Right. And so to do that, you need the the home charger, but you also need a different
1: electrical setup. All in, it's about five thousand dollars. Yeah. So I mean, and that's that's really not bad. I mean, if you're well, if you're like, I'm gonna save my deductible. Like we all well, know what house if, damage and costs. And if you think
0: about the cost of a generator, because I have a, there's a lot of folks who have generators. Generators are not cheap, especially depending on the size of your home. Because the bigger your house, the bigger your generator. And the has fuel to be. storage that goes along right, with that. Right. And they have to cycle. My neighbors cycles once a month. It is the loudest. Thing, I was gonna swear the mm-hmm. loudest mm-mm thing that I've ever heard because I swear to God the thing cycles on Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. So you don't have that. Like when you need that power, when you need to take it from the truck, you can. There's no maintaining a separate generator, making sure that works. Nothing like that. You just use the F-150, and that's. I mean, that's a that's a pretty compelling reason. That's a very compelling reason,
1: and you can switch that on. You can get the notification on your phone on the Ford Pass app, like. It all makes sense. It's so well thought out. Ford did such a good job thinking that out. They did a good job thinking this whole entire truck yeah. out. It is, I think, a top-to-bottom winner, and I, I think it's too. a winner for the lower price. I yes. think you don't want the Platinum. I think you want the cheaper one. I know, so
0: that proves that not every automotive journalist just says, like, I'm going to ride the fancy-schmanciest one, and I'm going to. everybody should get this. No, I, I really think, like, if you want the fancy-schmancy, if you want the It Has wing seats, if you want those, by all means, go with the Platinum. And it's not that it's horrible, but go with the Platinum if that's what you want, and you have 90000 because it's expensive. If you don't, go with the Pro, it's 40 grand and you're getting a fantastic truck and you're, it's electric.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, true? you can't go wrong. I'm very impressed with it, well done Ford. Yes. Two thumbs up and we will catch you on our regular scheduled episode next week. See ya. Bye. Look around, you can find cars like these on Auto Trader. Like that car riding right your tail.